This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I want to get back to Getty for a moment because yeah. there's been a lot of conversation about DJ Moore because I think he's probably, you'd agree, been the player of training camp offensively so far. And Luke Getze addressed – how did he address what DJ Moore means to the offense, Dan? Well, well look, like, like we've heard a lot here really since the spring and now into to training camp about um, some of the nuances of DJ's game that make him special. You know, he's got this kind of deceptive speed. He's got this quickness, but it's, it's, it's the way he uses his body that has really caught a lot of people's attention. We've heard Justin say he's got very easy body language to read for a quarterback. You can tell where he is in his route and where the ball needs to be delivered and how to get it there. We heard Tyreek Stevenson earlier this week, talk about his body control is really frustrating to play against because he has a, a knack for, for making plays that that most humans shouldn't have the ability to make. And so Luke kind of uh, went on top of this as a guy, obviously, remember, like Luke started uh, his time in Green Bay coaching receivers. Um, he's got a, a background in coaching receivers. He's got an appreciation for what high-level receivers look like, spent a lot of time uh, building a bond with Devontae Adams. And so here were some of his comments on, on, on how DJ Moore has caught his attention. Such a powerful man. Uh, his his play strength and, and balance and body control are his strengths for sure. Uh, um, he has patience when the ball's in the air too. Um, you know, like that's a that's a talent that I remember James Jones talking about all the time back then. Like just having the patience to let the ball come to you and not let the DB know that the ball's right there. You know, and, until it's already caught. And so, I mean, you can see those in him. And so it's it's been fun to uh, let the young guys kind of learn that from him. What has DJ done kind of for the rest of the wide receiver room too? Has he allowed them to kind of play more to their strengths and, and settle into roles that maybe they were a little bit out of last year? I think most importantly, I think he's gone in that room and taken a really good uh, leadership spot. And I think he does it by his work ethic, uh, his humility. Uh, I mean, that guy's a grinder. Um, he's all about his teammates. And when he makes a mistake, he owns it. I think that's all invaluable stuff that every young player uh, is able to see. And then the relationship with the quarterback's important to him. Uh, and so those young guys, again, learning learning the, the way to be a pro has probably been the best thing that we've been able to have with DJ in the room, On you know, despite all the the good stuff he's doing on the field as well. Interesting, because I think that's the example you want. That's the production you're looking for. And the Bears, again, the, the wide receiving core are going to be among the most interesting to see develop. But I think, think it, they have a chance to be one of the strengths of this team. There's no question about it. And, and and so, you know, look, like this is a work in progress. We understand that. Luke also talked at length after practice about um, Justin's progress in the in the rhythm and timing 
part of the passing game and, and, and seeing that come along on a daily basis. The one thing that, that Getsy will bring, as we've talked about many times before, is just a, a, an ability to um, properly interpret a rough day like this in a way that, that isn't panic stricken, but still provides uh, some direction and purpose to the guys in his room. And, and I think, you know, today it was look like we're seven practices into camp. Um, there's a lot we're working on. There's a lot of mistakes being made on every single play and we got to get them cleaned up. And, and to hear Justin talk about it today, like, you know, there are things that, that are controllable, you know, it's route precision, it's the communication in the huddle, it's knowing what you're seeing pre-snap and it's, it's working through all those things so that when the ball is snapped, now you've given yourself a greater chance of success and, and the sloppiness doesn't become the defining trait of, of the afternoon. That's coaching. That's good coaching. Before we move on to the offensive line, a couple questions there. I, I want to know, Darnell Mooney obviously talked about the growth in Justin Fields' difference from one year to another. He obviously talked about his own progress, and it's hard to tell that he was ever injured. But I wanted to ask you about something specifically. He said that might look worse uh, on your computer screen or your phone on Twitter than it sounded coming out of his mouth at the podium when he said <laughs> about the quarterback needing to have the juice, having the, the the quarterback needing to be the guy that prevents this flat uh, performance from, from occurring. It could look like he was pointing a finger at Justin Fields, and maybe he was, but you know the relationship rapport is good enough that the respect exists. What did he mean and how did he say it? Hey, that's a good question, David, because, uh, yeah, I can see how that, w you know, having sat in the room, it didn't it didn't even register with me as like, ooh, you know, that's going to be something that, you know, pro football talks going to turn into a headline this afternoon. Uh, it, you know, out of Darnell's mouth, it's just kind of a sincere assessment of the day and what was needed. As you mentioned, those two are very close. So I didn't take it as a shot at Justin or even anything that was critical. It was just, hey, look, like Justin's still a young player. He's a third year quarterback. He, he's got growth to make. And one of the areas that that growth is, is potentially needed is is just being a tone setter in the huddle. And and if it is flat, okay, QB one, like to take the reins here and, and, and you, you, create it, you know, create that juice, create that energy and we'll follow, you know, because you are the guy we're all following right now. And everyone in the world understands that, you know, we, we, you, the last episode that you and I recorded, we're talking about people in the outside world talking about Justin playing an MVP level, you know, like, like we're so many steps from that. It's ridiculous. But if we're going to, to set, high goals and, and high benchmarks, well, then there's a lot of little things that come with playing the position that are, are prerequisites for getting there. We talked about that Netflix series on uh, uh, quarterback and, and, and you've watched Patrick Mahomes operate on the sideline in the huddle after, you know, good plays and bad plays. And you feel that, he's the charging station for the entire group, you know, and I think that's sort of the demand now on Justin is to get there. And I think that's all Darnell was saying. I mean, maybe he'll, he'll, he'll go to Justin later uh, and say, Hey man, like I, just so you know, this is what I was trying to get across when I spoke. Sure. He's, not media, but I didn't... Kind of, he's not that kind of guy either. He's not that kind of player. So I think that it's good to provide that context because you can understand what he means and why he said that without jumping to a conclusion that doesn't need to be reached. No question. No question. All right, so offensive line, uh, Tevin Jenkins left practice. Nate Davis missed another practice. I know they don't discuss injuries, but um, what happened with Tevin Jenkins? And this is somebody is no stranger to the injury tent. Yeah, I have no idea what happened to him. And no, nobody in this building is going to tell us. And so we're going to have to use our own eyes in the days ahead. That The Bears will have an off day on Thursday, return to practice Friday and Saturday at House Hall before Family Fest on Sunday. You would be hopeful that Tevin Jenkins will be back at practice as soon as 
humanly possible because to your point, we've talked about the potential in this kid. We talked to Tevin on Tuesday about how much better he's gotten at understanding um, the physical maintenance part of this job and the things he does to, to put himself in position to be more durable, to be more available. And then the very next day he's leaving practice early. Don't know what the ailment is. You know, we'll have to figure it out. He's a guy that has talked to us at length about the attention he has to pay to his back because he has had surgery. He has, um, you know, things in his back that have bothered him before. We don't know if it's related to that. Don't know if it was a hamstring pull, dehydration, whatever. I'm not sure. But the biggest question that we've had about Tevin Jenkins really since he got here is, 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 is he going to be able to play 15 consecutive games for you at any point? in his career. And to do that, you're going to have to be available. And so Luke Getzi didn't know what had happened to him. He did say that, uh, he, again, that, you know, accountability is based on availability. Um, and so the hope would be that Tevin gets back sooner than later. And the hope would be that Nate Davis would be right there with him. Cause to your point for a guy who missed a couple weeks of practice in OTAs to now have missed the first two padded practices of training camp, you start saying we've, we've spent all this time hyping up what this offensive line could be. Well, all of a sudden they're not whole, you know, and now we got Lucas Patrick on one side of Cody White, here you got Alex Leatherwood mixing in on the other side of them. You've got the defense dominating the day, and and it's just like, oh man, can can Chicago handle <laughs> another roller coaster of this proportion? Uh, particularly if it's unsettled on the offensive line, and it, and it provides another uh, element of instability to an offense that needs as much stability as it can find well, anywhere. Both guys, I think, merit scrutiny. One because Nate Davis. Uh, or Tevin Jenkins, first of all, is a guy with a, with a pretty significant injury history. And so yeah. when he leaves a practice, I don't think it's like it is almost a headline. And it, it is, is something that you feel like, you know, you jump at the conclusions because he's earned that kind of skepticism. And, and as for Nate Davis, you know, I thought it was interesting and telling uh, on Wednesday morning, Brad Biggs was on the Mullen Haw show and I asked Biggs about the same thing. And Nate Davis is there. What do you think? And he's like, well, He's missed a lot of games in the past. So this is, an, you know, look at the back of basically look at his track record and he has missed games with injury. And then you start to think like, well, yeah, that's exactly right. What exactly are they getting here? Do we know in this veteran who's supposed to provide stability if he's going to be on the field long enough to provide stability? No question. And that's why re setting realistic expectations, both on the micro level with individual players and on the macro level with the entire team is, is paramount to having any level of sanity in 2023, because I think we've spent so many months uh, in the outside world considering best case scenarios across the board and the best case scenario here, best case scenario B, best case scenario X, Y, Z. Well, you start to see some of the worst case scenarios and you go, oh, God, <laughs> right. And, and worst case scenario is being less than two weeks into training camp and having two of your very valued starting guards out of practice. Now, maybe they'll be both be back and won't miss another day from this point forward. But to your point, the, the scrutiny is earned um, and it certainly deserves to, to uh, have the spotlight on it until the spotlight's no longer needed.